Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 33 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the first of three in which I will wrap up my podcast by exploring how to take everything you've learned throughout my podcast, all the episodes, and prepare you to take action that will help you to positively confront and hopefully overcome the crisis you're faced with. The topic for this episode is Blurry to 2020. Now, before we dive into this topic, let me lay the foundation for the last remaining episodes of Crisis to Opportunity. One goal of my podcast is to open your eyes to how we humans are wired to react to a crisis. Moreover, as I talked about previously, how the amygdala no longer serves us in a world that is vastly different from the one in which they developed. Another goal is to show how our brains have developed in such a way that provides us the opportunity to overcome these innate tendencies and use all of that the cerebral cortex has to offer as we confront contemporary crises. My hope is that, like human beings as a species, you've also gone through an evolution of your own as you've listened to Crisis to Opportunity. In this evolution, you've mitigated the impact of your amygdala and your primitive reactions and have allowed your cerebral cortex to gain dominance over what you think, how you feel, and the ways in which you respond to the crises in your life. Whether you're a caveman on the Serengeti 250,000 years ago, faced with a drought, or a human being faced with a crisis unique to the 21st century, both are existential crises that put your life at risk. And as you reduce your primitive urges and leverage your evolved brain, you must ultimately ready yourself and take action to overcome the crisis. That preparation and action is the focus of these last episodes. Through the previous episodes of Crisis to Opportunity, I've been laying the foundation to face a crisis head-on when one arises in your life. Hopefully, you've taken the good road regarding your values, investment, attitudes, mindset, and mental muscles. So, you're in the right place mentally to confront a crisis with confidence, commitment, and courage. You are now at the final stage of preparation before you take action toward producing a satisfactory outcome to the crisis you're faced with. You certainly don't want to take on a crisis unless you're ready to take action that will result, of course, in the outcome you want. The next three episodes offer you three forks in the road related to preparation that will determine your level of readiness to embark on a successful journey in resolving a crisis. Each time you take the good road, you put yourself in a position to take action that will be grounded in reality and decisive with a clear direction and identifiable markers of progress. From Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. Now let's explore the topic of this episode, blurry versus 2020. Of course, action in and of itself isn't enough. Instead, you need to take intentional action that you see clearly will lead to an acceptable resolution. Obviously, clear is not a word typically associated with a crisis. Rather, it's more often associated with something like driving in a heavy fog with many aspects of a crisis making the road ahead difficult to see. In fact, you can only see a short way ahead of you in an obscure fog and a crisis. And that in that fog driving, you experience frequent, unforeseeable potholes. Navigating a road or a crisis in these circumstances is even more difficult when it's unfamiliar to you, which tends to be the case with crises. The alien nature of the road makes it even more difficult to navigate to your destination safely. The result is that you must drive very cautiously and are at constant risk of crashing. Such a hesitant approach is no way to make it through a crisis intact. 
Instead, you must see clearly every cause and effect, influence, and possible outcome for you to successfully navigate your way through a crisis. With this clarity, you'll have the best possible understanding of the situation, which allows you to take appropriate action based on a clear vision of the crisis and determine the quickest way to get through it with the greatest success. From Tom Steyer, the investor and political activist, clarity of vision is the key to achieving your objectives. Now let's talk about what I mean by blurry. There are many features of a crisis that make it difficult to see clearly, some of which are distractions that were previously discussed, such as overwhelming emotions and life separate from the crisis. For example, family, friends, work. In addition, the crisis may be multifaceted or incredibly complex, making it difficult to see everything about it you need to see. One of the most important variables that can blur your vision in a crisis involves various ways you think, which can become muddled. First, fantasy thinking. During a crisis, it's easy to fall victim to what I call fantasy thinking because of the massive threat that a crisis poses to you. Fantasy thinking involves seeing a crisis in a distorted way, in an unrealistic way. It's an inaccurate view of a crisis that sets you up for failure because all of your decisions, actions, and additional thoughts are based on faulty impressions, appraisals, and assumptions. Interestingly, this fantasy thinking can lead you to have two very different perspectives on a crisis, one positive, one negative. Positive fantasies can result in an underestimation of the severity or impact of the crisis. Whether you call it being hopeful, optimistic, or Pollyanna-ish, if you're out of touch with the reality of the crisis, these positive fantasies can lead you to take inadequate action or no action at all. It's not that big a deal. Things will turn out fine. Let's just hope for the best. Are a few examples of fantasy thinking, positive fantasy thinking, that can cause complacency and inaction. Negative fantasy lies at the opposite end of this blurry-eyed continuum, yet it too can set you up for failure. Negative fantasies can cause you to catastrophize the crisis, think worst-case scenario, producing an overreaction or misguided response. We're doomed, my life is over, and what can I do? Are several examples of negative fantasy thinking that can cause panic or surrender. From the inspirational writer William Arthur Ward, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts the sails. Second is tunnel vision. When the fight or flight response is triggered, your focus narrows onto the specific threat. As noted earlier, this worked in primitive times when the threat was obvious and immediate. But these days, this tunnel vision prevents you from paying attention to the multifaceted nature of modern crises, processing, synthesizing, and analyzing the many components of a crisis, considering the diverse options available to you, and developing responses to constructively address today's crises. Another problem that can create blurry vision is myopia. This blurred vision that can occur in a crisis may also create in you a myopia, or nearsightedness. This precludes you from considering the long-term implications of the crisis, as you won't be able to look beyond the near-term consequences. Again, all that mattered for our forebearers in a crisis was whether they could survive in the moment, so this myopia was an asset, not a problem. Today's crises are a far different story. Let's return to the economic crisis of 2008. 
Myopia was exemplified in the first few months when many people withdrew a sizable portion of their investment portfolio from the stock market and deposited it in safer investment instruments or stuffed it under their mattresses. This happened despite the fact that there was consensus that the market would eventually rebound, which of course it did. Experts advised that taking money out immediately would actually result in a long-term loss rather than a gain, unless the money was needed in the short term, which could also have been true. In fact, research shows that those who get out of the market early on during a downturn tend to get back in too late to gain the benefits of the economic resurgence. So why would people do this? The crisis produced myopia that caused them to focus on the immediate threat of financial loss rather than the long-term advantages of patience and staying in the market. Another contributor to blurry vision is stagnant thinking. When experienced a crisis, most people revert to old ways of thinking, feeling, and responding. These old habits are driven by primitive instincts that don't allow for time for deliberate and conscious decision-making. They're also learned habits that are familiar, comfortable, and readily accessible. Back in prehistoric times, our ancestors were faced with only a few types of crises. For example, rival tribes, wild animals, or starvation. So they could fall back on tried and true ways of responding. They could fight, freeze, or flee. Not so with today's crises. There are many more kinds of calamities that can befall us these days, as I talked about early in my podcast. Crises are often new, completely new. They may present different ways that were previously not experienced, or they're too complex to rely on established habits or patterns. In fact, the very nature of a modern-day crisis is that it turns your life upside down, almost like Bizarro World from the old Superman comics, where everything that is good on our Earth is bad on Bizarro Earth. It has come to represent anything that is strangely opposite to how things are supposed to work. Looking at the crisis in the same old ways produces stagnant thinking that is likely to be ineffective in finding a solution to the current predicament. Now let's turn our attention to 2020. For you to have any chance of surmounting a crisis, you must have a crystal clear vision and think about everything needed to understand how to accurately respond. Having 2020 vision ensures that you see the crisis in a realistic way and provides you with the depth and breadth of information necessary to think about and act on the crisis constructively. So Steve Maraboli, an inspirational speaker. It's a lack of clarity that creates chaos and frustration. So let's look at some ways to have 2020 vision. First, you need to be clear-eyed. It is absolutely essential for you to see the crisis realistically. You will only be capable of identifying the relevant causes, contributors, and impact on you by viewing the crisis for what it is, not through your wishes or fears. Your ability to see the crisis with clear eyes and lucid thinking will permit you to accurately understand, evaluate, and analyze the crisis. Subsequently, you can then create and implement a course of action that gives you the best chance of overcoming the crisis, but only if you see the crisis again through clear eyes. You can ensure clear eyes by shining a light on the crisis in which you learn everything you can about it. This process involves gathering all relevant information and speaking to experts who can provide a depth of experience and knowledge that allows you to see the crisis within its context, again with clear eyes. You also need to be wide-eyed. 
to capture the complexity and details of today's crises. You also want to see them through a wide-angled lens. This perspective helps you to avoid the tunnel vision that causes you to focus on the specific threat and miss out on essential information that could help you respond to the crisis more effectively. You can expand your vision of a crisis in several ways. First, become aware when you're experiencing tunnel vision so you can deliberately broaden your focus onto all aspects of the crisis outside of its immediate and specific impact on you. Second, actively seek out information beyond what's readily available. Third, seek out others who can provide perspectives and information about the crisis that are more in-depth and might not be readily available to you. Finally, be patient. Allow the crisis to evolve and see what new information comes to light. In all these cases, you gather knowledge, insights, and viewpoints that reach beyond what is immediately in front of you, thereby helping you to formulate the best possible response to the crisis. From the motivational speaker, Dennis Waitley, you must look within for value, but must look beyond for perspective. Another way to develop 2020 vision is by being farsighted. 2020 vision in a crisis also helps you to see the crisis as it unfolds and avoids the myopia that can keep you stuck. When you maintain a perspective that is both farsighted and nearsighted on a crisis, you have a field of vision that provides you with the full spectrum of information and options you'll need to address the crisis. It enables you to look back to the past lessons learned, look forward to the future to evaluate the landscape ahead, and integrate them to respond in the best way possible in the present. This vision encourages calm and deliberate decision-making in response to the crisis, that is to say, an opportunity psychology, while preventing a knee-jerk reaction, that is, a crisis mentality that produces short-term relief but does more harm than good in the long run. In addition, this farsightedness offers you several important benefits. It helps you predict the future course of the crisis and to recognize the potential long-term impact on your life. Farsightedness also enables you to establish goals for how you want to navigate the crisis, the end result you want, and importantly, develop a plan for getting there. The last key to 2020 vision is being innovative. Because crises are rarely the same and there is no cookie cutter approach to resolving them, rote ways of approaching a crisis will simply not work. Instead of falling back on stagnant thinking, you want to adopt an innovative approach to a crisis that unlocks fresh and creative ways of examining, understanding, evaluating, and responding to it. This groundbreaking perspective enables you to find answers and solutions that best address the unique challenges of a crisis. In sum, 2020 Vision offers you deep insights into a crisis that includes seeing clearly what was, what is, and what could be, determining what's impossible, possible, and probable. Thinking outside the box when others are trapped inside. Seeing solutions where others see problems. Breaking down barriers that may interfere with thinking clearly. Looking beyond what you've done in the past and finding new ways of approaching the crisis in a constructive way. Finally, it provides you with a response to the crisis that results in a satisfactory resolution. From the noted economist John Maynard Keyes, the difficulty lies not so much in developing new ideas as in escaping from old ones. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 33 of Crisis to Opportunity. And be on the lookout 
for episode 34 in the near future.